everybody to the latest edition of No Hard Feelings. It's your boy Abdul Abdurrahman coming to you all, as always, from lovely Southern California. On the line, got the crew holding it down in the Midwest. Joining me from our frigid hometown of Madison, Wisconsin, you've got Mr. Jonathan Hammond Sr. What's going on, y'all? It's cold as hell outside. Nothing more needs to be said. <laughs> and Mr. Derrick Rose. Oh, man. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. You brought us a lot in the music. One of the best things you brought us, Gucci. Burr! Yeah! Scoochie! <laughs> it's cold in a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Polar Vortex. Now, you know what's funny, though? It's like when this, when they start talking about this, right? All this cold weather. You like how everybody becomes a meteorologist? <laughs> they all try to explain what's going on to you. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Canada. Like mm-hmm. I ain't never heard right. Canada's Canada mentioned so many times in our fucking weather. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not even <laughs> Canada. They go all the way to the North Pole. Talk about yeah. This is like the air mass that's generally above the North Pole. And there's this like low pressure system, and because the pressure's so low, like this this cold air it just came all the way down. Like yeah, motherfucker, whatever. you were literally just repeating something that you just heard on TV right, right now. Exactly. Or you just, right. <laughs> you don't know nothing about this. You don't know we what did. a low pressure system is. You don't know what cold air mass is. You don't know none of this. Nuh uh. You just know that it's cold outside. And that's okay. that's the explanation they gave you. You gotta admit that shit sound about right. Doesn't it though? <laughs> then especially you if you it. sprinkle sprinkle a little trumpeto on top of it after. Mm. Trump Trump knew this was gonna happen. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, dang. Yeah, he he did know. I mean, I this kinda like throw us off for a second, but let me uh let me go to his his lovely tweet. Uh let's see what we got here. We got I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if he said the wall will stop the hurricanes from coming in. In the beautiful Midwest, wind chill temperatures are reaching minus 60 degrees, the coldest ever recorded. In coming days, expect it to get even colder. People can't last outside even for minutes. What the hell is going on with global whamming? I'm assuming he meant warming. Please come back fast. We need you. (sighs) Global W-A-M-I-N-G. Hey, man, look. Coming from a guy that has many typos in his writing, I ain't gonna beat the horse. You know, but it, yeah. but mm-hmm. can the guy just ask for some help sometimes? Though, hey, what you think about this? Read this over. Mm-hmm. He habitually spells words that I wouldn't think that he should spell wrong, but it could be the <laughs> iPhone though. The iPhone always mm-hmm. be messing me up. Corrections and on. stuff. Hold on, hold on. See. But this is what people try to say. They try to say autocorrect. Autocorrect corrects your words to other words, not to non-existent words. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's you typing that in and sticking with it if you're going against the autocorrect. But maybe, you know, he's just too cool for that. Maybe he turned the autocorrect off. No, that, mm-hmm. shit was in re- that shit was in red underlined after he typed that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yes, but well, we digress. No, let, no trumpito tonight. Up. Let's lighten it up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come no, on. no trumpito tonight. No politics. We're gonna talk about the world of sports. I don't know if we're gonna lighten it up. 
because I'm probably going to be a dark cloud in this conversation. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Maybe we'll start it out with a little sunshine. Uh, I'll let you start. I'll, I'll actually let the defense go first. <laughs> so please, Mr. Jonathan Hammond, Senior Esquire, let us know what you think about Anthony Davis and his trade request to be um, traded away from the New Orleans Pelicans. I think that's the way that this is always going to go, man. Like this is business as usual for the league for for some for a player of his caliber. Um, that, at this point in his career, he's about mm-hmm. six, seven, eight years in, almost, you know. And he, I, he's been in a situation. Uh, go ahead, sir. I, I, I think while we're off the air, I think the quote was uh, you, that you need this in your life. Yeah, you man. As, as a as a basketball junkie, like I need this <laughs> trade to happen, man. Like it's been rumored for so long. This is one of them trades, like one of the what we call it the worst kept secret in sports. Like mm-hmm. we've all known, this is where it was leading to the second he signed with Clutch Sports, mm-hmm. and you know LeBron dropping not so subtle hints. I believe mm-hmm. the, uh, someone quoted uh, someone was quoted saying that LeBron doesn't drop breadcrumbs; he dropped mm-hmm. loaves of bread. Loaves. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like this nigga, <laughs> he told us not too long ago that he would love it would be amazing if Anthony Davis was his teammate. As they say, it was written. This is a, this is this is always going to be. <laughs> uh. But the funny thing is they find Anthony Davis for having yeah. his agent make a public trade request. But let me ask this question. Like, what's a $50,000 fine to somebody who's getting paid $25 million a year? Um, Like 178 or whatever it is. What is it? I think he made like $50,000 every eight minutes or something like right. that. So, right. Yeah. So they He'd took that right. four minutes away from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As he was sitting on the sideline. He's not even playing anyway. Right. Yeah. He got a busted finger. And he might not play for them. They start taking him out of the in-game, like hype videos to get the crowd cheered up. They mm. take him out of a photo and at, at the end of one of the video clips. So they're slowly starting to phase him out already. Mm-hmm. Which I don't I know if that's a sign that the trade is coming soon or just in, if the trade is coming just in general. I think the problem, the problem that the NBA is having is that they need drama off the court when it really doesn't have to be like they have enough drama on the court. Mm. It kind of reminds me of like wrestling. You know, there's, there's always something that's not like, it's nothing to do with what's happening on the court. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's something that seems like it's written. It seems like something that's like been planned out, you know? Yeah. So Mm. I just think that that's, this is what you're going to get when you have a player's league. First mm-hmm. of all, and this is what you're going to get when you have mismanagement of management. Like the NBA knows, you know, what team won't even compete at the beginning of the year. With the NFL, at least you get a a, a 30 day stretch of of hope of that your team <laughs> can be good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then after that, you have a hope that your team will be good in the draft. There's like always a hope. You never mm-hmm. think that your team is not going to like push for that spot. If you get the you, worst you record, know. you get the first pick with the NFL. Right. And the yes. NBA, you get a 14% chance <laughs> of getting the first pick. So like that's, yeah. that's why I say it just kind of reminds me of wrestling. Like a lot of stuff that happens in the NBA doesn't happen with them dribbling the ball. How mm-hmm. how well do they play together while they're dribbling the ball? Who's mm-hmm. mad at each other while they're dribbling the ball? Who's not passing the ball to who? Who's hurt? Who's not all, who's not happy with dribbling in. the ball at? Come 
on, man. You dribbling the ball and getting millions. Come on, man. But I will say this, though. I remember Abdul said the fans are hurting. Out of all this, the fans are hurting. Not the owners, mm-hmm. not the players. Mm-hmm. It's the fans. And I want to know how many fans are there of the Pelicans? So, I, I just have a, a, a couple of points to piggyback off of what you just said. So, when you talked about mismanagement, absolutely, I agree with you. I mean, especially like the Pelicans. The Pelicans are probably like well, one of the best examples in the NBA of mismanagement. No. So, oh, no, no, but let me tell you why. Let me tell you why, though. So, Brooklyn. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me tell you why. So, there's this very strange arrangement in, in the ownership of, of the New Orleans Pelicans, right? So the the family that owns the Pelicans also owns the Saints. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Better yet, have you ever heard of a scenario where an NFL team and an NBA team share a GM? Not only that, but a medical staff. <laughs> they, they, have share, football they share a, a general manager. So they actually said that in a blurb about... General Manager Mickey Loomis in, I think it was like some of the Pelicans, like publications for like the season, you know, preview or whatever. 541 words, 490 of them had to do with his NFL experience. Right. Uh, You literally have a guy who knows absolutely nothing about basketball managing this basketball team because of what? (laughs) Because he's the family guy. He's the company guy. But they have a football mentality. so but they have that football of, mentality dealing with basketball players. Not, not really, because this kind of this management leads to where they're at. Like I said, does New does New Orleans have many basketball fans? Like, okay, I understand that the that the city rallied around the football team after Katrina. Mm. Okay, that's cool, but they. The city is not big enough to support a football team and a basketball team. Like, it's either one or the other. We don't have enough money to, to go to a Saints game in the same year and go to a Pelicans game. It's not that kind of city. So once you're putting more teams in the city, what are they going to do? They can't pay Anthony Davis. They can't have two medical facilities for these two different teams. You got to cut corners. Because the Saints are actually funded by the state of Louisiana because they know, like, the people need something to rally and root for. Mm. So, I mean, now when it when it comes back to the specific Anthony Davis situation, like you said, when he signed with Clutch Sports, when he signed with LeBron's boy, it was kind of a foregone conclusion as to what was going to happen. And... The fans that I was talking about that would get hurt in this scenario aren't just the fans of the Pelicans, per se. I mean, this is just, this league is becoming more and more the haves and the Mm have-nots. Now, the the crazy thing about it is that the Lakers even had that that spell of struggling, which is insane if you think about it. It's a marquee franchise, like Celtics-Lakers. Those are the marquee franchises of the NBA. Mm-hmm. In terms of its history, in terms of the players that have played for them, like, like how many players from those two franchises ended up in the Hall of Fame? Like, what mm-hmm. is the NBA without Showtime? 
yeah. without Bird and Magic. You can't without tell the story right. in the NBA without the Showtime Lakers. Exactly. Like, we don't have to speak of the Pelicans from day one, from game one to game 82. There's no reason for us to even talk about them. But at the same time, what I'm saying is that now with players, especially like LeBron making these power moves, like when he came to L.A., we knew it wasn't about basketball. And that's a good development for the players. The owners, like I said, revenue sharing, TV deals, they're making money, too. It's the product on the court that suffers, especially when you have more and more consolidation of stars to fewer and fewer teams. Now, having said that, the NBA has never been balanced. <laughs> like, that's never existed. There's never been parity in the NBA. So I actually was having this conversation with my friend. How many teams have won the NBA Finals in the last 20 years? Like three or four. <laughs> like, think about this, though. So you, I'll tell you, you can take 10 of them off the board just by going Lakers-Spurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, there's just two teams. We just took 10 of the 20 off the board. That's half of them. Yeah, who else do we have in the mix? So you got three for Miami, right? You got three for Miami. So now we're at 13. You got three for Golden State. Now we're at 16. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two for Boston. We got one for Boston and then one for Cleveland. And one for Dallas. Like, who are we thinking? That's what I'm saying. Who are we throwing in the mix? Like, we literally, how many teams? There's four teams and 16 championships? Now, look, the thing is, it's not about contending for a championship, but can some of these teams even have a chance to put any sort of product on the court that's even visually appealing? (laughs) That's something that anybody, like a basketball fan, would just want to watch. Forget about the people of that city. Like, sometimes you come home, like, if you're watching TNT or ESPN, you're like, yo, I can't even watch this, yo. (laughs) Like, what, what is this? I think it was earlier, I think I saw, it was like the Pacers and the Wizards. Like, why is this a nationally televised game with or without Victor Oladipo? <laughs> and pro- the problem is that, like, some of it is, like, geography. and But at the same time, it's also because of geography. Like, what I mean by that is, like, Indiana is always going to have a basketball team. But it's mm-hmm. fucking Indiana. Nobody wants, nobody <laughs> wants to fucking live in Indiana. That's, that's, but see, but look, look, look. I think that's where the mismanagement of the NBA is also, which I'm going to keep bringing up because mm. – People love basketball in Indiana. <laughs> like that's a place where you have to have basketball. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big area. Mm-hmm. People are going to gather and pay money to come there. Mm-hmm. But why would you take the Supersonics away from Seattle and put them in Oklahoma City? Oil money. Yeah. But it's I, that's just a mismanagement of trying to put oh, yeah. another pot on an eye, trying to keep a pot hot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to work out for your system. No, absolutely. And I agree with you 100%. Like, and, and I mean, the, Thunder, the Thunder are an amazing team when they, they get support. Mm-hmm. But they're still the Thunder. I mean, the thing about them is, like, so they're actually, like, a very unique situation. Like, they were born of a franchise being so terrible for so many years and accruing so many top picks and actually hitting on them. That's the difference. Like a lot of these other teams, they accrue these top picks, but they don't hit on them. So like they draft bums in the first few rounds. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, I think that's the because first they only picks. have a few times to hit though. Right, exactly. Like the Thunder has six picks. No, but I mean for them to hit on three MVPs <laughs> in how many years? Three or four years? That's yeah. insane. Like, but that, that's that what is. makes that, yeah, that's what makes that team viable. But like, I mean, if you think about this in the big markets, right? 
We're not even talking. Forget about major media markets. If we're talking about big markets, what about the Bulls? Oh, look at look, look I at that team. I, I think. No, I already said the Brooklyn Nets, but I think that. No, but see, right, the Nets are little bro, think, though. I think that right there deserves a medal hmm. to draft three, not just MVPs. These are Hall of Famers, first ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. But no matter how good you do, it's a player's league. Mm-hmm. So you can't be the best GM in the NBA and it really counts. <laughs> I mean, you could no. So the thing is, it, it'll count, but you have a very short window within which to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, so basically you have to have a, a magic wand and a wizard head. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's Look. I've been watching more NBA. I know last year I'd railed against the NBA. I didn't really watch any of their games. I've been watching a lot more of it recently. But like whenever I see those types of matchups like that I just mentioned, for example, it, it's hard for me to sit and watch those games. Like, cause you know, like when you see the Warriors or you see a top tier team, right? <laughs> They're not even playing like within the same realm. Nope. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like I don't want to watch Victor Oladipo. Like I'm sorry for his injury, but I'm just saying. Like I'm not interested in watching him at all at any time. No, see, but that's a, that's the thing about the NBA that I I would agree with is you don't have to win to like really love and respect someone. Like Bro, check. <laughs> I figure like Dominique Wilkins is is, is a kind of a player like that. You know, mm-hmm. like the players that you just fall in love with and you got to give respect because they hold mm-hmm. it down, but they're mm-hmm. just not winning it because they don't have a full team. Bro, like John, I think we talked about him before. You know how we talk about players like Marvin Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Like how long has this dude been around stealing money? About 10 years now. Crazy. <laughs> so I think it was this last week, the – uh he plays for the Hornets, right? So the Hornets were hosting the Pacers, I believe. And I watched Marvin Williams dribble down into the lane from the three-point line and take off from the, the dotted line like he was about to bam on Miles Turner. What do you think happened? He uh, fumbled the ball. He, it's I'm not just even that he fumbled the ball. He got blocked so badly that he fell to the ground. And I was sitting there watching <laughs> the highlight. I was like, bro. I don't think he would have made it to the rim even if Miles Turner wasn't there. I was like, "What was hey. this a moment? Is this momentary amnesia? Like, did he just forget who he was for a second? So, like, can, um, <laughs> can I just speak to the um? Yeah, I want to chime in. I want to speak to the mismanagement that Rose was speaking of earlier mm-hmm. about just the NBA in general and these franchises. Mm-hmm. There's a stat that's going around that since the Pelicans uh, drafted Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that same draft, I believe the Hornets had the number two pick, mm-hmm. and they drafted Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. <laughs> now, since that time, the Charlotte Hornets actually have a better winning percentage than the New Orleans Pelicans, who again has who has had Anthony Davis this entire time, and somehow managed to win less games than the Charlotte Bobcats, who drafted Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Now, if that, <laughs> okay. my friend, if that's not mismanagement, then I don't know what is. But again, so that's why that brings me back to the point that I made on our last session. I was like, there's just something about Anthony Davis. I don't know what it is. I know that they play in the West, but for the level of talent he has, have you seen him elevate this team 
Is he at like any boogie point though? Where you're just is like, he, is it like boogie? Not the attitude, but I mean, just the empty stats, the empty win. Like, I, I don't think it's it's that. Like, I we see the talent. Like, you know what I'm saying? We see it. We know that it's there. But there's just something about him and not ever having that success. I think there was one season where they were actually like a 47 win team or something like that. Yeah. But but other than that, I haven't seen it. I've seen him a number one get hurt, and then number two, them just lose. And yeah, not under, just lose, but I'm talking about like fifty plus lost seasons. Yeah, up until last year, they had never had a playoff win, let alone a playoff series win. So they got it all in the same year. They first playoff win and they first series win. And now I think that was his third trip to the playoffs. I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's one weird, of them, but... and they're all—you know—they're all like the short appearances when you're like seven seed in the West and just get swept out of the first round. Yeah, definitely. They ran <laughs> to the Warriors at least once or twice. I believe. <laughs> right. So, yeah, man. He he has otherworldly talent, but he hasn't hasn't. Um, I mean, he's carried that team. He's carried that franchise to the playoffs on multiple occasions. So I can't say that he hasn't won because somebody like Boogie, he never even carried Sacramento to the playoffs, and he's another talented big man, but. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think Anthony Davis, I think he'll do good under the guise of LeBron and the two little Jason Kidd, the Lakers future head coach. <laughs> oh, you already have him on the Lakers and you hired Jason Kidd as a coach. Yeah, yeah, Damn, man. Luke got to pack his bags? Yeah, man. Luke, man, get the fuck out. I mean, I'm I'm driving to the airport, honestly. He already got, um, already got a schedule. <laughs> driving to the airport, yeah. Uh, he out of there. Man, man. I think we're, we're running out of time. but But very quickly, I just want to mention this. So you see how these baby Lakers are kind of crying about the trade rumors. You know, really. Lonzo, Lonzo, Lonzo talking about, is, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to get traded to the Pelicans. Like, who are you to tell me where I'm going to trade you? Like, right. you need to get out of here. Like, whoever's telling you that, you need to shut that shit up quickly. Because Brandon Ingram, he was just like, you know, it is what it is. Like, who wouldn't want to trade for AD? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, he kind of, right. like Jason Tatum said uh, a couple weeks ago, I traded myself for Anthony Davis. Like, I think they get it. You know what I'm saying? It was like. Mm-hmm. He's an established yeah. vet. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, man. These next, like these next, what is it? Uh, I believe trade deadline is next Thursday. So we got mm-hmm. a week from here. So, um, man, this is what he brought Magic Johnson to LA. This is what he's there for to get stuff like this done. So, if you don't get this done, not to say that. I mean, I wouldn't personally call him a failure because they did manage to get LeBron, but at the same time, it's like, um, yeah, your cachet, your your panache. This is this is why. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be a closer, you know? Get it done, mm-hmm. Magic. You got I don't, this. You, I don't even at, think it's on Magic anymore. I think LeBron what does it say about LeBron? Like, think LeBron about did that. your favor. No, but LeBron yeah. did your favor by creating this exclusive window because now you have a chance to get in on it before Boston can even get a chance to bid. So now if you can't get it done now, you got to wait till the summertime. Now it's you against, you know, what? Let's just say 10 other teams maybe as opposed mm-hmm. to three or four teams right now. So, mm-hmm. again, he should thank LeBron for that because they created the situation. He couldn't. He couldn't. Magic alone couldn't. Couldn't give himself this opportunity, you know. So I don't know. So now we got taking his talents to South Beach. Not two. Not three. Not four. Not five. Not six. Not seven. <laughs> Going back to Cleveland, getting one out of four chances. Cleveland, this is for you. Oh. Now coming to La La Land. And forcing the team to trade to to clear out the coverage and trade for Anthony Davis. At least that's yeah, what we but, think is going to happen. But again, like okay, I like Lonzo Ball. I'm a Lonzo Ball fan. But again, he even Lonzo Ball on his best day, he's he's not worth keeping over AD. Only person that I would uh, quibble giving up is Brandon Ingram. And even though he hasn't shown as much as Kyle Kuzma, 
I don't think he had the highest ceiling out of all the young guys. So, but other than that, it's like, nah, man, all y'all, like, AD is already a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'd, I'd give up all all those guys. You watch all that shit. Damn. First ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah, man. Damn. Okay, look, at barring injury, barring a current <laughs> injury, if he, if he, if he continues right. on his current uh, trajectory, uh, yeah, I man, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think that's safe to say. <laughs> all right. We've seen how it's it's ended with GM LeBron in the past. I'm just intrigued to see what will happen now. Hey, yeah, one more thing, man. Um, I've been hearing a lot lately that everybody's saying, like, this is going to be, like, the biggest trade of a superstar in their prime and all this stuff like that. And, like, mm-hmm. the, since they said since Luau Cinder, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But mm-hmm. I think people forget, and I know it's not, I guess it's not exactly apples for apples because te- technically it was a signing trade. But people mm-hmm. forget, man, LeBron was traded Elaborate. the first time he got <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah. Like he was yeah. traded to uh to Miami for multiple so, uh, picks. So were Kevin Garnett <laughs> and Ray Allen to the Celtics. Right, yeah, but they they weren't in their prime though. That's what I'm saying. Like somebody mm-hmm. of this caliber in their prime of their career. Like, yeah, it was a signing trade, but he was traded nonetheless. Just, you know, but, a little tidbit. And just yeah, and to piggyback off of that, you like how this kind of takes the heat off of Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, look at LeBron. But look, at, he said he talking about how toxic it is to play around LeBron, and all mm-hmm. he did was take all the heat off of you, son, so you can go <laughs> over there, and y'all just got, you know what I'm saying, y'all niggas over there coasting, beating the Pacers by 32 points and shit <laughs> on a Tuesday oh, night. <laughs> Damn. You know what? You know what I'm looking forward to and all these other GMs are looking forward to in the NBA? Okay. Hmm. The day uh, LeBron's not good anymore? <laughs> well... Well, I think they're they're all praying. They're all praying for that. <laughs> you know what they're praying to, right? What's mm. that? Zion. Oh yeah, hell yeah. And that's what's crazy <laughs> to me is like these NBA teams are so ready for these young athletes to come in and just yeah. ruin their careers. Because I be, <laughs> I be looking at people's games in college and I be like, yo. Kind of like my man's game because, like, I like I was telling my wife, like, there's a few sports that you can put it out there, and like, maybe no one could ever do it like you ever you did it before. Mm-hmm. Like, I figure, like, I think soccer is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Is like you can never recreate plays in soccer. Yeah. Like it's it's a painting. It's something. It's so that's it's such like, a freestyle. Yeah. Yes, and I feel like basketball is like that. When I see someone like like Zion, I haven't seen anyone like actually play with the rock how he does. Mm. Like, like, there's, there's, there's forms you can you can say there's some Sean Kemp in him. There's some Vince no, but, Carter in him. There's some LeBron. But once you put all that together and put some salt on it. That's a whole yeah. different recipe, Like, man. his size and his body control, that's what I see, like, the way he flows down the court when mm-hmm. he handles the ball. Exactly. And like, I, look, we've seen I this in some kind of forms, but not exactly. But wait, like wait that. a minute. Did you did you see that clip I shared the other day when he was playing perimeter defense on a guard that's, like, five inches smaller than him? Yeah, like, this yeah. this dude is I 286 mean, and was playing high, perimeter defense. Wait, 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 wait. Abdul's, Abdul's not convinced. So what's going no, on, Abdul? This, this is what's why. Wrong? I hear this is all, all over, I mean, all over the so number one – no, obviously the skills are there. Well, the skills are kind of there. Obviously, they could use some development, but yeah. the athleticism is off the charts. Like it's unreal. We've all seen that. But what does Zion do on a ten and forty Knicks team or an eleven and forty one? That's what team? I just said. Coming to <laughs> ruin what, his career, career. Yeah. His hopes. Like 
Yeah. Dude, I ruined your career while you were still playing for Duke. So, yeah. <laughs> this is the one thing that I give LeBron above all these other players is the fact that he literally at 18 single-handedly changed the franchise. Yeah. Coming fresh, Cleveland, out, Cleveland fresh was out so of high good school. after they got him, they were never able to get another a good pick while he was right. there. Right. Like him fresh out of high school, like I haven't seen anybody else do it like that. You know, because even Kobe, the first three years, he he struggled. Um, KG struggled. Me. Nope, I don't. I I would say KG. Nah, mm-hmm. he str- he struggled. Minnesota struggled. suffered for many like, many years. Like, he got paid, I but they struggled. I, I, think, I think his numbers were always there. No, they like, were. No, but what I'm saying is like struggled. the actual yes, the impact on the franchise, the like, fact that yeah, they like went from nothing year in the league to contend yeah, to the finals. Right. Yeah, I get you. They were still <laughs> drafting Wally Serbiakis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like they still like, had like you know what I'm saying lottery picks. LeBron, like I don't think ever had another lottery pick while LeBron was there. Like Kevin Garnett was an amazing player, but had a very tortured history in Minnesota. There was no mm. success there. There was like first round exits. Talk about <laughs> uh, like, yeah. He every chance he gets, he tells players nowadays like, bro, like I regret hanging on as long as I like fuck being loyal. Like man, like get out of there, bro. Get out. <laughs> okay, he told it to LeBron. He told it to Anthony Davis recently. Like mm. KG, he's all about like man. Don't don't spend like the, your first twelve years somewhere, man. Hoping and wishing, like nah, man. Go go get it. <laughs> Hoping and wishing and praying. But yeah, fellas, I think that was a very lively NBA talk. Kind of uh, warmed up on this very very cold evening in the Midwest. Hey, let me give a credit to uh, my man Rick Buecher for that Jason tip. Kidd tidbit. Yeah, because that that wasn't me. I'm not exactly an insider, but so. <laughs> Damn. Hell yeah. Jason Kidd to L.A. coming soon. A.D. to L.A. and uh, J. Kidd. I guess the package deal. I believe uh, Denzel said the best. While the rest of y'all mm. niggas playing checkers, he playing chess. Mm. Like, come on, man. Y'all better catch up. <laughs> so he's out here choosing his next coach and his next teammate. And his next running mate. Yeah, man. And he, But wait. He out here also courting Kyrie on Instagram singing some... Uh, was it Twenty One Savage? I, I'm not sure whose soup song it was, but he's openly courting Kyrie. Those two are flirting in the public after Kyrie said he called LeBron and apologized. Now LeBron on Instagram singing to this nigga. <laughs> so far, so the, the so far for real, the holding their wine glasses up in the air. Yeah, look, soap opera of the look, NBA. Look, at the Lakers 2019 All Star is going to be Kyrie, LeBron, and AD with Jason Kidd <laughs> as head coach. You heard right. it here first, people. Yeah, I was going to say you heard it here first. It's breaking Player news. Coach. There we go, Bill Russell. No, the outlaws that actually put a rule in a few years ago. Somebody else suggested that. (laughs) That LeBron should just be player coach. (laughs) Oh, man. I think Bill Uh, won a championship as a player coach. He did. It's crazy. Once once Red Auerbach uh, exited stage left. It's crazy. All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, I really appreciate y'all joining me. Uh, Hashing it out. We're showing y'all the flexibility, you know what I'm saying? The variability. We talked about the government shutdown last time, and now it was just solid NBA talk. Yeah. I don't know where else y'all can get this, man, because if, if y'all can find it somewhere else, let me know, because I'll start listening too. Mm-hmm. You can definitely find us all over social media, on all the platforms, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at NHF Crew. If you want to go ahead and shoot us an email, you can do that as well. Find us at nohardfeelingspodcast at gmx.com or nohardfeelingspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from y'all. I mean, good, bad, or indifferent. Just let us know what you think. We want y'all feedback.
Man, I would like to thank the listeners. I appreciate y'all brothers' time and your thoughts. And uh, I'm just ready for the next month to get through the Super Bowl. You know, hopefully uh, Tom Tom doesn't get another one for the thumb. I'm sick of that shit. But dude, he played in nine in 18 years. And I'm, and I'm really, truly looking forward to, uh, like I said, another month, this March Madness thing. And see how these uh, kids playing for free get their mm-hmm. heartbrokens. Is that, is all these superstars right now, they'll play for free. Next year, it won't be for free, but it won't be fun. Hashtag one signing moment. Are we going to get a Super Bowl pick? Or are we going to save that? No, we'll save it. Okay. Yeah. We, we got another pod in us. <laughs> oh, cool. That's what's up. All right. For Mr. Jonathan Hammond Sr. and Mr. Derek Rose, joining me from our hometown of Madison, Wisconsin, I am Abdul Abdurrahman signing off from lovely Southern California. This has been another episode of No Hard Feelings. And we out. Burr. Cold as hell, man. You're as cold as ice. <laughs> You're yeah. as sacrifice.